Welcome back to another episode of Bombshell 1111 Girl Talk Series Podcast. Bombshell 1111 is a platform created to teach ways to nourish the mind, body, and soul. This platform allows this podcast to create weekly content on podcasts with special guests each week that will stimulate your spiritual, mental, and physical growth. The podcasts are played on social media platforms such as Spotify, YouTube, Anchor Radio Station, Apple Podcasts, and more. This station has been created to allow us to interact with each other to share knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and light. So without Without further ado, please help me welcome your host and founder of Bombshell 1111 Girl Talk Series, Kia. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bombshell 1111 Podcast. Tonight, we have a very, very special episode with a very special guest out of the Atlanta, Georgia area. Tonight, she's going to be discussing a very important topic, mental health and addictions. So without further ado, let's welcome Mrs. Tawana to Bombshell 1111 Podcast. Hello, Tawana. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? And I just want to tell you, thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Um, For for those who don't know you, um, can you just start off with letting them know who you are, where you're from, and how long you've been in this profession? Um, Well, I'm originally from Columbus, Georgia, which is about an hour south of Atlanta. Um, I currently live in the Atlanta area. I've been here since 2013. A little bit about my background. Um, I joined the military uh, at the age of 17. I did what's called the DEP program, which is the late entry program. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up doing the reservist for a total of 12 years. Got out. Um, life kind of happened. Uh, I ended up having my own issues at the time. I didn't realize that I had my own personal issues um, with behavioral health. But I got into legal uh, trouble. That kind of landed me in a down. Um, and just through navigation of my own personal healing, mm-hmm. um, that's how I got introduced to behavioral health. It wasn't like I just thought that I was going to do this. I had businesses before. I had wig stores I had a a restaurant so this was something that the old me would have said it it was just kind of luck but I think this was already predestined for me based on my own life experiences wow I've been doing this work yeah I've been doing this work now um it's been about six years so it's not like I'm you know a a vet in it it's just that once it it was so effortless Mm -hmm. and it was it's so easy and I'm really good at it. It's not to my horn, but I'm really good at it because I've lived on the other side of behavioral health. Wow. I think that's an amazing story. And I think um, it, with working in the mental health field, with my daytime job, that's what I do as well as mental health. And I think that you have to have the live experience in order to be able to be successful in that field. And with the story you just shared, I think that that, that is enough said within itself that you are actually you right that's your purpose it's your purpose 
Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, how? Who else better to tell my story? And I mean, even in the journey of me getting my own personal recovery. I mean, and it's a journey. I'll never get on here and act like you know I'm just perfect. You know, there are days when I struggle. There are days when you know my my coping skills are you know that's all that's my lifeline because I can feel myself maybe gonna go over the edge. But what 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 really dug into my heart was to see so many people that look like me. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up that we don't talk about, you know, I like to call it behavior health because when you say mental health, people think of the Uncle Willie syndrome, the Uncle Willie mm-hmm. that you got locked in the room, don't talk to nobody, y'all leave him alone. Mm-hmm. So I like to change the narrative to behavior health. So when you hear behavior, that means anytime your behavior changes, there's an underlying issue. And I think that'll make it more accessible and friendly of a topic for people in our community to, to discuss this topic. I mean, because I didn't know. I didn't know. I just thought I was, you know, the typical, how they say, your bipolar black woman. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was the norm. I just thought, you know, you know, my, my parents being alcoholics or my dad drinking or my cousins. And I thought that was my norm because that's how I grew up. And I did not realize that that was, and it's not belittling my family because, you know, we live what we learn. Right. You understand? They're, they're well. You know, we live what we learn and, and we heal together. But until we identify that there are underlying issues, I think, that, you know, we, we're going to be stuck. We're going to be stuck. And, and, and I, I think you brought up a good point. So, because within the black community, it is kind of shied away from, and we tend to overlook it, or like you said, lock that person in another room and have them away from family functions, family outings, and things of that nature. So now, being coming from the space that you were, and now that you you actually are an expert in it, because working within mental health, behavioral health over a year, you're an expert. <laughs> so. How, how do you how do you define mental health or mental illnesses? What what would you what is your definition of that? Well, from a lived perspective, of course, I can't diagnose anyone. Mm-hmm. But what I would define uh, behavior health is is or mental health is anytime again there is a behavior change. You know, it's kind of like let's just say every Friday night we know that Kia does a podcast every Friday night faithfully at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Well, if, you know, two or three Fridays go by and, you know, you don't have one, that means something is going on. It's not necessarily you have depression or you have schizophrenia, but I think that's the time when we need to connect further with each other so we can use preventative measures just in case it might be an underlying, you know, mental health diagnosis. So I just always encourage people to look for the, you know, our behaviors tell on us. Yeah. So it's just as simple as, you know, paying attention to the behaviors. Our children, if they become reserved, you know, have they been touched? Have they tried drugs for the first time? I mean, just small, key, you know, things. And again, there's no blueprint to it. Mm-hmm. And it's not cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. But I would just say paying attention to behaviors and really asking the tough questions. What, what would you think within the African-American, the black community, is the stigma behind mental health disorders? Um, that we're weak, uh, that we're uh, not valued, um, that there's some type of deficit that we have. Um, it, it, it goes back to even historically. If you, if you think about it from a historical standpoint, 
if you think about all the trauma that we as a people have endured it's impossible for us to to function on a on a scale just let's say on a normal frequency as it relates to mental health so i mean i think it's just being told that you're not strong enough or that you're weak or that you're, you know, substandard. That's a huge, you know, stigma surrounding behavior health. Um, we're taught to be strong. Mm-hmm. You know, we tell our little boys, don't cry. Right. You know, as single mothers, you know, as single mothers, I, I know we strong. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make this happen on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, when it don't fall through, I'm going to make this happen on my own. Mm-hmm. So even though that's a pop on the end, it makes us kind of reclusive when it's time for us to actually step out and go get the support and resources that we need as it relates to our emotional well-being. Now, speaking of support, and, and you saying support that we need, can you share with the um, listeners, the, the audience, a little bit about your organization that you have established in order to kind of well, in order to provide that support for individuals with mental health and addictions, can you share a little bit about your organization? Most definitely. I, I always like to say this when people ask me. <laughs> I work. <laughs> I always have to say this, and I'm saying it from the most loving place that I can find in my being. <laughs> I've worked at several um, state agencies um, across Georgia as it relates to behavioral health. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not to shade those state agencies. But there are policies and procedures, and I'm just going to, you know, give it to you, you know, kind of in layman's terms. Okay. If you want me to help a person who, let's just say, is schizophrenic and they're homeless, and it's 13 degrees below, and they got on flip-flops, you can't tell me to teach them about coping with their mental health when their feet are cold. Right. So, from a standpoint of working in 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 a state agency... That's what made me start my own organization because they were more focused on the head count and I get it from a business point of view, yes. but we're dealing with human lives. We are dealing with human lives and there is no, you can't put a tag on nobody's head when it comes to their quality of life. So I, I just kind of got fed up with the system. I got tired of arguing with doctors, psychiatrists, you know, mm-hmm. these other, you know, corporate people. I got tired of arguing with them. You know, I got tired of being the little angry black woman who wants to go and save the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take all this passion that I have and let me just start my own thing. And I can say I, uh, I still have to work, you know, to fund everything. But I can say the Most High has been so gracious to me um, to allow me me to be the best. It's not to want to get in the credit, but he, he chose me to be an avenue for him to get the praise. So I'm so grateful for that. Um, I've been able to help 11 people in the state of Georgia get their pardons free of charge. So now wow. they can go get their job. Um, I've donated, I've paid off school debt um, to three schools. And in my hometown, you know, people in my hometown supported me and even donated so I can pay off some of the school debt for the students there. So, I mean, I go in the prisons. I go into the schools. Um yeah. You know, I talk about suicide, mm-hmm. um, you know, because there, mental health is everywhere. It's all right. around us. Right. You know, and there's no person, age, or, or spectrum that it falls under. But for me, I just saw a dire need in our community. I see brothers getting out of prison who are traumatized, who still got some issues, and they don't understand that, 
it's an emotional issue. They they they're thinking it's one thing when it's it, it's some personal healing that we've got to tap into. Because we all got childhood traumas, and a lot of times that's where the the mental health mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of activated based on what we went through mm-hmm. um, as children. And speaking of that, how, how do you feel um, with the experience that you have and, and you have an organization that's catered towards these specific needs? How does mental health and substance abuse addictions, how does those two um, things correlate with each other? Do you think they go hand in hand? Oh, absolutely. That's a very good question. A very good question. Um let me kind of give it to you like this. They have AD, which is addictive disorder. Then they have MH, which is mental health. Mm-hmm. Usually nine times out of 10. And I've worked with probably, oh my goodness, thousands of clients by now. Um, when they have an addictive disorder, their brain is altered based on the drug use, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I can give it to you in a more plain term. You know, for people who smoke crack, you can know a person who had it going on and they were, you know, they ended up smoking crack and they were, they were good before they started smoking crack, mm-hmm. but they started smoking crack and next thing you know, they're not dressing the same. They done went down. Now they're homeless. Mm-hmm. So when you do get them back to a place of kind of maybe getting them an apartment, some of their cognitive skills are not the same. It's kind of like they might not remember to take a bath every day. So mm-hmm. definitely addiction impacts your mental health. And what I've learned in this is, I mean, I've went and got certifications and in, 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 in everything that's offered in behavior health because I've learned that you can't treat one. I can't treat a person for their addiction if I'm not also addressing their mental health issues, if right. that makes sense. Right. You know, right. A person who smoked crack, they might have smoked crack and you want to wean them off crack, but they were also homeless and they were also, you know, beat or they also were incarcerated. So you have to also treat that trauma also simultaneously as you're treating the addiction. Right. Um, so um to wanna if with working with individuals, you know, with over the six year time frame that you have and even even in your personal experience. How would you tell or how would you talk with someone who is really depressed or struggling without making them feel like they you're betraying them? Um, how, how do you help support someone that's dealing, dealing with something like that? Depression, mental health, addictions. What would be a great avenue to go about with supporting that person? Um, it, it might sound just really like corny, mm-hmm. but what I've learned is if you are just in this effective listener. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nine times out of ten. Now, there are cases where people kind of sit in their depression and you kind of get them in treatment. Some people do require meds. Personally, I'm not a fan of meds. Personally, I've seen, you know, the, the after effects, so I'm personally not a fan of meds. Some people do need them to be stabilized. But what i found is if you just give people a safe environment to be able to vent, that's really what they want to do. They want right. to vent. They want to tell you, you know, why they depressed. They depressed because their husband left them with all the bills and two mm-hmm. kids. Or he's depressed because his wife ran off with somebody, took all his money when he was on the road. So we're human. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what we do is, what we'll do is we'll tell somebody, uh, Okay, I'll get back with you later. And what I've learned in behavior health is you give a person 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Anytime a person walks, anytime my clients, I don't care if they've 
said the same thing to me a thousand times. I get very frustrated. Mm -hmm. But I always give them 60 seconds because in 60 seconds, that can kind of give me a determination. If it's indeed a crisis that I need to keep them safe in that moment or if it's something that they're just trying to vent and get off their chest, if that makes sense. Right, right. And see, a lot of times in our communities, we don't give people the 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. So it ain't mm -hmm. like, you know, if we give a person a, an opportunity to let you tell, let them express the fact that you're depressed, they'll tell you. But nine times out of 10, we don't want to hear that because we got our own problems. Right. And we're, we're listening to respond. We're not listening to hear. So, yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. <laughs> Uh, Absolutely. So, how how would you bring up the conversation of mental health with a friend or uh, a significant other, or if you if you were to see and if you are aware of certain signs and symptoms that they may be depressed or you know just out of their norm, what do you think is a is a great way to go about bringing up that conversation to getting them the help that they need? Never ask a person what's wrong. Never ever ask them what's wrong. What you do is ask them what happened because that's going to give you a direct answer what happened not what's wrong because usually when you ask a person what's wrong nothing I'm okay <laughs> I'm fine you know I mean I'm the same way even some days I'm having a rough day I'm like I'm fine and, and inside I'm dying on the inside right so what you want right. to do is we have to ask the direct questions you know I took this suicide training a couple of years back and I thought oh my goodness you cannot ask a person do they want to commit suicide that's going to make them want to commit suicide. No, it isn't because the person already has up, made up in their mind what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. what, what people want is they want a person to get in tune with that hurt. They want an empathetic ear that can resonate with what that pain is or understand that frustration. So what I always do is just, you know, ask them, you know, what happened? Is there anything I can support you with? And you always reiterate what you heard them say from your perspective is kind of giving them an affirmation that you understood what their frustration is. Um, it, it's not really hard. I thought it was hard. I thought I would never be able to do this type of work. When mm -hmm. I tell you, you know, people like myself, we're the brightest people. We're really geniuses. I mean, I always <laughs> say this, you know, um, it's just really, you know, talking to them. You just really have to ask the person. If you see a person is down in the dumps, it's really about taking time out of your own life and giving the person part of your time. Mm -hmm. It's about connection. It's about connection. That's all that it is. And, and, and just being able to just ask them, um, not, not necessarily specific questions, but just being there and letting them know that you are available for them. So um, let's, let me give you a scenario. So someone in my family has a, a mental health illness. What, what are the chances that I would possibly have that or go through that same thing as well? Do you think that um, is a possibility with the experience that you have and working with clients um, within your organization? Do you think it's a generational thing? There are so many different factors. It's uh, hereditary. There, there's nature. There's environment. There's an economic uh, stance to it. Um, but I will tell you this, absolutely you would be impacted. And even if you're not impacted in a way where just say you display the same behaviors, uh, just say hypothetically you had a bipolar sister mm -hmm. and your sister, you know, had these bouts of, you know, mood swings, even though you personally aren't bipolar, you're, you have secondary trauma based on 
some of the experience that you endure while being around your sister, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. It, it's kind of yeah. like the perfect experience I got. I have a friend of mine back home. Um, I always use this experience. Um, at, two guy friends of mine, both of them were in the car together. Um, one of them got shot like eight or nine times, got killed. The other one, not one bullet touched him. Blood just splattered over him. He has second, he has first and secondary trauma. Mm -hmm. He was in the car, then he's feeling guilt because nothing happened to him. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we don't realize the, the situations that we are in, we are exposed to that trauma. So absolutely, you know, it could be hereditary. Um, I look at my kids. My kids are a little cold. You know, <laughs> you know, I love them. They're a little cold. So my daughter's a nurse, but she's a little thrilled. Um, But then I laugh because you know what? They got to be a little thrilled because they lived with me for all them years when I was in my dysfunction. <laughs> we're chuckling, but does that make sense? It makes sense. They had to be able, they had to be able to adapt to my craziness. Mm -hmm. So in some way, they're weird and crazy in their own way. Mm -hmm. And when I say crazy, I'm not making light of, of mental health. It, they're weird in their own way because. They had to deal with this this psychotic mom growing up. Right, right. I get what you're saying. Totally, totally. Do well. Be, be coming from where you were and where you are now. For, and for those listeners who may also, you know, be going through a, a, a difficult moment in their life or may have an ongoing mental health illness or addiction, do you feel that there is possibility for recovery within a mental health? illness and an addic and, and an addic addiction I'm sorry I do but I'll say this um because myself I was duly diagnosed you know I had substance abuse issues and um I was in the throat and brain mm -hmm. so I was duly diagnosed but it's an everyday journey mm -hmm. I, this is what I say I, I won't ever say I'll be recovered yeah I'm always in recovery, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's 30 years from now and, and I meet you again and we and you have me on your podcast again, I'm still going to say I'm in recovery because it's an everyday process. Mm -hmm. It's just like evolving. Every day we should aspire to be better. And it's just like that in recovery. You know, I find myself when I go to certain stores, mm -hmm. I have to go, oh, I, I can't go to this store no more. It's too many little home. It's too many little nephews standing around here talking about auntie, I got that good. So, you know, right. I have to be mindful on where I'm at because I'm still, just because I stopped, that don't mean everybody else is going to stop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so I have to be cognitive of the world still operates around me. Um, but I have to be mindful. You know, I have to keep my mental health in check. I have to, you know, I can't be around certain energies. I had an energy today that almost took me all the way back to 1973. But, you know, I just had to, I had to understand, you know, that I'm not that person. And, and, and what I've learned is when, when people show those emotions to me, I see a hurt person. Yeah. So I'm more empathetic yeah. now, if that makes sense. I, when a person lashes out at me, when I know I ain't, what what I did? They're not lashing out at me. It's the hurt. Mm -hmm. that It's some unhealed hurt that they have. And um, I just try to find a way where I can maybe tap into it. I can't save the world, but, you know, I can make the world a difference in one person's life. You know, that's the way I look at it. So with everything that you shared tonight in reference to mental health and addictions, what would be one piece of advice that you could leave with the listeners um, in reference to mental health and addictions? Um, get help. You know, I know in our community, it's stigma. You don't need no help. Can't no 
white people tell you what to do mm-hmm. and they gonna get in our business and I, I get all of that but that's why I'm so big on minority mental health that's why I started my organization so that way you don't have to feel like you can go uh, you know sit up with somebody in a suit and a tie if that's your preference you can mm-hmm. but there are so many different avenues and I encourage our people to go and talk to somebody. Talk, talk with your man, man. It's cool. You know, it, it ain't no, that don't make you less of a person. That don't take no points off your stripe. I mean, it, it, it's none of that. It, it's What it shows to me is that you love yourself enough. The same way how we go out and chase a bag. Right. We should be that much in tune with our behavior. Help. I try to tell people that. I don't care how much money you got. I done had it. I've had it. I don't care how much money you got. If you're not, if you're not whole mentally, physically, and spiritually, it means nothing. It means nothing. Yeah, it means nothing. Mm-hmm. It means nothing. Mm-hmm. So I, I would leave people with going to get um, assistance. You know, you can Google. Um, you know, they have National Crisis Line. One place, one organization that's a national organization that I contract with is NAMI. N A M I. It's the National Alliance of Mental Illness. They are all over the United States. They have affiliates in every 50 states. So if anybody needed uh, assistance, that would be a perfect avenue. They have both uh, support with mental health and also addiction. Um, so I would just encourage people, you know, to look into your, look into NAMI and look into local, local organizations that are specific for what your needs are. You know, some people like faith-based. You know, I'm a cusser. I cuss sometimes, so yeah. I, I couldn't get to church. You know, <laughs> you know, God, I'm But um, you know, but then you know, I'm I'm good in the prison though. I'm good in the prison setting mm-hmm. because you know I can be just how I am, and ain't nobody gonna feel like I'm stepping on no toes. So it's just really learning what learning what type of recovery fits for you. And, and, and finding the best uh, resources that can support you. But I encourage you, seek out support, seek out resources. There's nothing shameful. There's nothing um, that's embarrassing about it. Uh, your well-being should be one of the number one things that we keep intact. Uh, I don't care about my edges anymore. <laughs> I, I mean, I can, they can fall out long as my long as my mental health is intact. You, you know right. what I'm saying? And, 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 and that's serious. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and speaking of resources, Mr. Wanna, I really, really want the listeners to also learn more about your organization there in the Atlanta area and what you do, just in case, you know, someone is listening that's in that specific area. Are your services only geared towards the Atlanta metro area or do you reach out? Do you do virtual? What um, What is your format in reference to services? Mm-hmm. I um, am all over Georgia, pretty much all over mm-hmm. Georgia. Um, okay. Wherever I can, wherever I can get in in the state of Georgia, I, I reach out. Um, people can find me um, on social media, Facebook, Recovery Warriors. It's R E C O V E R Y W A R R I O R Z. They can find me on Instagram. Um, recovery warriors my website is <clears throat> excuse me also recovery warriors spelled with a z on the end dot org all of my contact information is there again if you're in the atlanta area i give out free pardon assistance um i do free pathway to pardons about three times out of the year i'm trying to get organized to where we do a pathway to pardon and a financial freedom for felons event 
where we're helping felons um, repair their credit and get their pardon all in one walk. Um, If you need behavior health services, reach out to me. I do peer support. I do one-on-ones. I worked on a crisis team before. Um, Mm -hmm. And all the resources that I provide are free. That that's the thing about it. I mean, you know, I'm I'm busting my behind on on the back end just to make sure that I can be uh, productive and a direct impact for my people. I don't want to put them in a position to where uh, they feel like I'm trying to poverty pimp them. We're already in the situation, so I just want to use the resources and all the information that I've obtained to be able to pay it forward back in our community. Mr. Wanna, I just want to tell you, I, I thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. Tonight, I've learned some new terminology, poverty <laughs> pimp. <laughs> and I definitely learned a lot of, a lot of you know, valuable things in reference to mental health and addictions. Um, and I, I agree with everything that you said, because, I mean, it is, you, you do what you're used to and it, you know, it's important when you, especially when you have small kids to watch what you, I mean, that's why they tell you to watch what you do in front of your children yep. when they're little. I mean, because if you're going through mental health addiction, things like that, they kind of tend to have some, like you said, somewhat of first or secondary trauma to it. So um, I, I totally agree. And I hope tonight that this information that you share will be valuable with the listeners. And again, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast but before we end tonight, I want to allow you some time to also be able to give, you know, a shout out to anyone that's kind of been supporting you on your journey, um, supporting you within your organization. Um, so go ahead, you can help go ahead and give your shots out. Wow. Um, first, I want to say uh, a shout out to Knowledge Born Allah for this connection with you. That's first <laughs> okay. and foremost. So I want to <laughs> give him a, a shout out. Um, I want to give a shout out to um, they've been supporting me from day one. I, I mean, I left some stuff out. I've written a book on behavior health, published a book. Um, so I want to give a shout out to a, a couple of my old, old Germany buddies, Faith Brown, Nilsa Lee, Eddie James Walker. Shout out to my sister, Kelly. Um Shout out to Gwen, my thugging. <laughs> That's my thugging <laughs> partner. Um Shout out to uh, to Tyrone. Um, he always looks out for me to make sure that mentally I'm I'm in check. Um, just shout out to all my colleagues. Shout out to my dad. Shout out to my kids for just putting up and, and loving me, you know, despite all my highs and lows in life and turning out to be awesome, awesome young adults. Um, I, I just really thank the people for supporting me. I've been doing this for a minute and, 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 and it's getting stronger and bigger. And every time I try to do an event or something, I'm seeing that the people got me. And, and I just want to, you know, give a shout out to all the people because I've learned it don't matter who don't support me. As long as the people got my back, I'm winning. Okay. Okay. Totally <laughs> correct. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to tell you, thank you again. And again, if anybody needs uh, any type of behavior health addiction services, please reach out to me. Um, you can reach me at 678-558-9330. Again, the website is recoverywarriors.org. That, that's R-E-C-O-V-E-R-Y-W-A-R-R-I-O-R-Z dot org. 
um, just please reach out. You can email us at recoverywarriors at gmail.com. Any questions that you might have. Um, we'd come out to schools, prisons. Um, if you need your pardon, hit us up. Just any 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 way we can direct you. We do housing referrals for the homeless. Wow. Um, so just just try to connect. Again, I appreciate you just for allowing You're me this welcome. opportunity. I'm very happy that you came on because, again, like I told you, I think mental health and addictions is so important within the black community. And coming from a a black woman um, and having an organization that's catered towards that and then having the lived experience, I thought that you would be very influential. So I appreciate you for coming on Um, and not even knowing that mental health is my daytime job. So that's another reason why I was so you know, drawn to you because I knew that you knew um, how to educate us more on mental health. So I appreciate you and thank you as well. Um, So, Mr. Wanna, we're almost out of time, but before we go, is there anything that you think we haven't covered that you would like the audience to know? Um, Just please, guys, make sure um, I told you about NAMI. There's a national suicide line that is accessible to everybody. Don't be afraid. Talk to your man's man. Mental health does not have to be such a taboo topic. I'm a very relaxed, laid back person. Um, And I try to create an atmosphere whereas you're just talking to somebody you know or an aunt or a good friend. So I just encourage everybody to be open, be willing. And when somebody steps to you to be willing to share their story, let's be receptive. Okay, guys. And with that being said, always remember, you are the bomb within your own shell. Peace, love, and light. And good night, you guys. Good night. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate, review, and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you're leaving with some valuable information that can help you on your personal journey. Also, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Bombshell1111 or at Bombshell1111 TV. You can also check out our mental health page, Your Health is Your Wealth, on Facebook, which is a page created to inform and support individuals with mental health and other health conditions. And with that being said, always remember, you guys, you are a bomb within your own shell. Until next time, peace, love, and light.